2: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is one half of the Game Dev Unchained podcast team, and you know I can't do it alone, but thank you very much for coming out to listen to us. I had to bring back the three-time T-Ball home run derby champion, Mr.
0: <laughs> Brandon Pham. Hey, what's up everybody? Fresh off my tournament tour. This is Brandon Fam. Bring our special guest this month, or me this week, Drew Smith. Drew? Hey, how you doing? How you doing, Drew? You know, I'm a little upset because I was the two-time T-ball
1: home run champion, <laughs> and I like I didn't know Brandon had three. so Brandon's yeah, really yeah, I was, I was right
0: behind team. you. I was eyeing that. So well much. Thanks so much for joining us. We know you're a very busy man, and uh, stopping by to talk to us, of course, guys at the bottom of the totem pole is always nice. Yeah. <laughs> Shh, come on now. <laughs> well, you know, why don't you introduce yourself, go over your resume, let our audience know how cool you are. And what you've been up to? Wait, wait. Do you want my resume or how cool I am? Those are <laughs> <things>. <laughs> whatever works. Whatever is best. Uh, so,
1: uh, so yeah. My name is Drew. Uh, as uh, Brandon said, and, you know, I've been working in games for a hot minute now. I started in uh, 2006. Uh, I worked at Take Two for a while, and when I started, I worked in uh, channel marketing, which is like retail marketing. I worked at Blockstar, TK on everything they did. Uh, I think the first game I was ever involved in was NBA 2K6. Oh, nice. Uh, They had Shaq on the cover. I once ran into Shaq's back. I don't think he noticed that I hit him, but I almost fell over. Uh, And then uh, I stayed there for four years, then moved to 2K, uh, where I met Brandon. uh, And I was a publishing producer at first. And then I switched to dev production. Uh, Then I left 2K and went to Bungie. And I worked as the multiplayer producer on Destiny. Um, And uh, after we shipped Destiny, I left. Took a couple months, worked on a VR project, and then came to Google Play to work in the mobile industry for a bit. So that's where I am now. I'm doing business development now, so I switched out of production.
2: Nice. But you've been on both sides, as he said. He's the production side and also the development side. So which side of production do you feel like was a better home for you?
1: Uh, I think dev production was a better home for me. And I mean, you know, at this point, I've, I've, uh, seriously, like, it's kind of crazy even to me that I, you know, had the opportunity, I think to work in like the business side, right. To work on the channel marketing side. And that's kind of sales, uh, even though I wasn't doing sales and then to work on the business development side. Uh, but then also do the production stuff. It's, uh, publishing and development,
2: all that stuff's pretty they yep. pretty amazing opportunities yeah seriously and uh, you're on the right podcast to especially represent production because we've been having this like <laughs> arc since we started this series about are producers valid are producers not valid are they relevant do they add or do they take away from you know actual development and I hate to even say actual development because even that sounds insulting <laughs> that hurts man that hurts. <laughs> so,
0: hey man all I know is like I've met producers that hate producers so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so
2: so tell it like it is as a producer yourself where do you feel like production stands as far as a uh, necessity or not in the game industry
1: you know i, I actually think it really depends on the team and, the, and uh like the studio itself the team. mm. some teams can self-organize pretty well mm. um and i think honestly like if there's no producer on a team someone kind of ends up driving that anyway they may not call themselves a producer and it may not be their only role but you know the producer evolved out of uh you know, out of the engineering <laughs> or design departments, back in the early days of game development, because mm-hmm. someone had to like project manage, yeah. like someone had to say, like, "Hey, we gotta eventually get this get the shit done." Hey, we didn't talk about swearing.
2: Is that okay? No, no, go oh, ahead. Swears. Fucking okay. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> as long as we put that little E sticker on the podcast logo, everything is fine. Wait, yeah. you
1: mean E for everyone? I feel like that's yeah. not the right sticker.
2: No, it's oh, like a shit. red E for explicit, but you know. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: I think, uh, I mean, I think it just depends on the team, really. There are teams that can really self-organize well. I mean, uh, you know, this, this is, I would say, debatable, or people could debate this, but like, you know, Valve they don't really make games anymore but when they're making games they seem to put <laughs> stuff together <laughs> they seem to put stuff together and they never have never had producers official producers yeah. sucker punch doesn't have producers naughty dog doesn't have producers uh, it just depends on the team and how how good i think it's just a combination of like the soft skills of a producer mm-hmm. which is someone that can come in and make the team believe in them and themselves uh and then the hard skills of like looking and like being able to budget map things out time-wise et
2: cetera. yeah that's fair i i do like that you know you're saying that hey you know we didn't come here on our own you guys invited us because it evolved out of necessity to have producers so that's actually a very very fair statement and valid point on the side of game developers need producers so before we go yeah. down the well, middle well, right and, and i would say, oh, wait, go ahead but
1: hold on hold on but i would say there are some developers that probably don't
2: no, that's fine. I just I am I was going to segue into this <laughs> awesome topic for the for the week. Uh, so we brought you here because we're really interested in your D- business expertise and also your game development expertise. Yeah. But the title for this week's episode is the art of staying in the games business. You know, there's a lot of people who are like, yeah, I'm going to quit. I'm going to start my own thing. Me and my buddy, we're legit. We're going to make games. And then a year two years later, they still haven't released anything or they try and fail. So we we're hoping that we could pull from you a couple of examples of like great moves as small developers or big developers who aim to stay in the video game development business. And when you, when you say that, you think it came
1: out of companies. Is that, is that how you think about it?
0: Sorry,
1: can uh, you repeat that you more time? Yeah, I should I told you there was a bad area. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> I, I'm all up in it right now. <laughs> uh so, so the um terms of people that have left like AAA companies, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's the big okay. exodus that we see the most. So, yeah.
1: First thing, I think that like indie game development in general is hard. And I know that sounds that sounds obvious, but
0: so obvious because sorry you know, the last five minutes no just don't know just your bright jacket is too loud <laughs> <laughs>
1: listen it's super loud <laughs> people are giving me space on the sidewalk it's nice <laughs> yeah you're sounding fine now yeah, yeah. it was just okay okay one... yeah it's like one block yeah um uh, and i'm almost home, just... oh nice all uh, right but uh uh I think like, you know, people view like the people that are in game development, like whenever you're whenever you're looking at it from the inside, right? You're Mm -hmm. working at a game developer. Um, a lot of good friends of mine and and even myself included, like you, you're like, man, I could do this better. I'm like, why why are they making these decisions? This is stupid. Or, you know, just getting like kind of caught up in the like irritation of whatever you're working on. Mm -hmm. And then when you go out and you start working on stuff on your own. It's hard, like it is not. It's not so easy. Yeah. Even with a few people, there's. It's not politics, but there's still interpersonal stuff going on, right? Yeah. You really need to have a good level of, of trust and communication between the team uh, for it to work. So if I look at like people that I know, um, and I'm sure I'm not going to name some people, and if they hear this, they're probably mad <laughs> at me. But, uh, but like, there's a studio called Nilo. Bungie, and uh he it's a few guys but niles who's the main like the principal he and his cousin Mm -hmm. and my friend eric uh they worked on a game called assemblance for ps4 Mm -hmm. and they did a good job like they kept it small they kept their team small they had an idea you know they got really inspired i think by
3: pt Mm -hmm. and some other things yeah.
1: yeah uh and, you know, they brought that experience, an experience like that, not the same as PT, but, uh, to, you know, PS4 and, and did a good job of it. Uh, you know, they've they captured an audience and had so many alternate endings and alternate like that, uh, that it got the audience excited. Another group, um, also guys that came out of Bungie, is uh, this team called Polyarch. Uh, Polyarch's in, in Seattle. They haven't released anything yet. Um, they're working on VR stuff. Mm-hmm. But they are like, look that up if you want. Uh, they know what they're doing. Like yeah. Tam, who's the CEO, is like one of the most incredible, like gifted business guys I've seen. I mean, he's, he's an engineer. That's mm-hmm. it. He was an engineer at Bungie. But he has that transition. Like he just understands it. He's very level-headed and he's very smart. Uh, and then the design team, which is Danny, Art, uh which is chris alderson and then uh brandon and some other rich Vico. there's like some other guys in there like um art and engineering and and guys and women too guys um all good like they've done a good job of like slowly building up working on their ideas working on their pitch and like building it out i think uh, it's impressive so those are are a couple
2: studios that i can pick up quickly so what do you think is the biggest pitfall that you see a small company doing wrong when it comes to biz development I'm sure a lot of companies try to reach out to you like hey, you know, can we connect or can we do this or can we do that and like what's the biggest thing that you would say small companies have done wrong in the game industry?
1: That's a that's
2: a good question, it's a tough question. Uh,
1: you know, in in terms of biz development, biz mm-hmm. specifically, right? Yes. Um, I think one thing you like blanket emailing doesn't work so well. God, that's like you might have to give me a sec just to think about
2: it. No worries. I'll, uh, I'll fill in. So blanket emailing as in like writing one email and sending it to 500 different companies where you can tell that your name has just been copy pasted in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, like, did you experience
1: this before? <laughs> so, yeah.
3: LinkedIn. Oh, right? that
2: off my list.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean like, like LinkedIn, right? Like, cause like yeah. that happens on LinkedIn a lot. Uh, yeah. I get a lot of like emails on LinkedIn, uh, yeah have for years Mm -hmm. and one I don't check LinkedIn very often so uh, I think Brandon you might have reached out to me again on LinkedIn and like two months later I'm like oh god oh shit (laughs) I would have responded a long
0: time ago honestly I never go LinkedIn unless I need something so (laughs) it's a it's a terrible it's a great idea obviously right that's why uh, is it Microsoft that bought it yeah Microsoft that bought it for a good reason I mean it is the site for business Mm -hmm people to get in touch with each other, yeah. but it, it's just completely spam at a certain point. There's no other incentive for me to go on. Yep. And at, yeah, And there was a period where people were using it for like, uh social updates of their life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then it's like, dude, this is not Facebook. Yeah. yeah. So it, and it's with professional. Birthday? Yeah, oh yeah with birthday stuff. <laughs> and and I this other day I saw this HR lady it was like, oh, which picture should I use for my profile? I was like, oh my God. <laughs> this is terrible. This is like I, professionals, right? Yeah.
1: So dude, anyways. I have a picture, the picture that I have on LinkedIn is of me. Actually this is I'm gonna go off on a really slight tangent here. Mm-hmm. It's of me at the NBA draft party in 2009 oh, in, nice. in Tribeca. And that night, Carmelo Anthony's mom pointed at me. And, oh. and she's like, Steve Nash? I'm like, I'm not Steve Nash. Uh. <laughs> but but I, I walked away and I was like, you know what? That's never going to happen to anybody else.
0: Yeah. You know what? I am fucking Steve Nash.
1: <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, why didn't you just tell her you're Steve Nash? I'm like, because I don't know. I'm not going to impersonate Steve Nash. I'm like, I don't know what he does. <laughs> and
2: then Carmelo comes like, over. This ain't Steve, Nash.
1: <laughs> I'm like, wow, he's not Steve Nash.
2: Blah, 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 stop.
1: <laughs> but um, I think, like, kind of the ironic thing about all this is actually – I got my job in games through LinkedIn. I okay. got a job big two, through LinkedIn in 2005. Like that's when okay. I started in six, but I started interviewing in five. Mm-hmm. Um, so so don't use LinkedIn. It worked for me.
2: You did say a good thing is blanket emailing. That specifically yeah. don't do.
1: It just doesn't it, like the amount of noise that everyone gets, like even like the non-target person, meaning like someone who's not uh, not getting emails from random people or things like that, is is just huge, right? Just think about like your your inbox on a daily basis, plus your like Facebook, plus your just uh, whatever social media you're using. Mm-hmm. Anything that's not targeted and, and smart is going to be it's going to be hard to get through. I, I found that. uh, so if you're looking at like a, like a startup, like business, right. Like, like mm-hmm. a game company. And specifically if you're thinking about people that are coming out of game, like jobs already, they've already worked as developed, like designers, artists, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. producers, execs, doesn't matter. Um, they already know people like use those people, like talk to those people. Mm-hmm. Some people won't help you. Like that's for sure. But the people that you know, and the pe- people that you know can connect to you. Like you definitely know someone who knows someone else if you don't know them directly.
3: Yeah,
1: that's how you got to do it. Like you just going out is, is hard. The other the other thing you can do. Uh, I'm, I'm answering the opposite, by the way. <laughs> not to do? I'm like, here's what you should do. Um, you know, like being at uh, being at events, being present and talking to people is also a good way. But don't overdo it. I guess this is, this is almost like a dating tip too. (laughs) It's like, like leave them wanting something, get out of there. Like once you make a good impression on someone, stop talking to them, get information and move on. And then you can continue the conversation. It It depends on your goal, right? Depends on what you're looking to get.
0: Yeah, that's like the George Costanza move where he makes a good joke (laughs) and then he leaves the room. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't come back. Doesn't come back. Leave on a high note. I mean, it is it is a lot. Dating is mostly about like social interaction, right? So it works very much the same way in business interaction. You just want people to like you in a way to want to follow up with you. Yeah, and nothing's more annoying than someone pestering you. About contacts. Yeah.
1: Man, even even when I was getting there like going for the job at Tick Two back way back then, um I called the recruiter like once a week. I didn't call him more than that. Mm-hmm. Believe me, I wanted to call that guy like every hour.
0: Yeah. What are you I eating?
1: Once a week. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's that? What are you watching right now? What are you eating? I'm eating like, oh
1: yeah, like, so crazy. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <I'm> like <laughs> yeah. Hey, what are you doing? You, home you're hanging out you know yeah Yeah, no it like consistently you have or i was i wanted to consistently call but i just made it a regular thing whenever it was on monday Mm -hmm. we'll call him and i think like the same kind of persistent but not annoying approach right Mm -hmm. is really the way to go now larry kind of said that a second ago so
2: yeah look courtship in dating courtship in business just Take out the context and just say courtship, right? Like mm-hmm. it's important to know how to do it with finesse. And it's like honestly, it's gotten me so far in life in both categories. <laughs> yeah. But there were some bumps where I had to learn how to do it, you know? So yeah, I agree. Yep. You gotta show some thigh first, and then <laughs> that's it. <you> know? <laughs> you I've
1: just for everyone listening right now, don't show any thigh. <laughs> not, <laughs> don't
0: no. That's not gonna help you. Oh shit. All right. metaphorically Metaphorically. well i mean one of the biggest things well generally speaking if you say business development you kind of have an idea (laughs) but i have no idea (laughs) specifically what's going to happen when I, i go into business development like how do you even get that job what do you do to perform that job well like who do you usually talk to who do you report to who do you now, really serve. Uh, like, I have no. Let's let's say to that blanket audience out there who yeah. has no idea what you do, can you yeah. kind of explain what you do?
1: <laughs> wait, wait. Is this is like one of the Bob interviews. Are we doing things <laughs> right now? What is it you, say you do here?
0: <laughs> Drew just ran out the room right now. I'm a people <laughs> person. <I connect> people. <laughs> exactly. I talk to the engineers. <laughs> um, so,
1: The, honestly, actually a lot like production, uh, business development's different at different places. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think a lot of it, um, the general piece pretty much across any, any business development role is being well connected, like having the connections to other people, because that's primarily what you're doing. You're developing business. I know it sounds stupid. Like, yeah, of course it's in the name, but, but legitimately you're making the connections that need to happen mm-hmm. with whoever that is. So, it, it, you know, for me specifically, you know, I work uh, with a lot of different AAA game developers, meaning game developers that have traditionally made games on console PC, because that's where I come from, right? I already know those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know what they are making. I know their games. Uh, even if I, did, I didn't know the mobile ones specifically at first, you know, I've been here for a little bit, but you know, when I first moved in, I certainly know what... EA is making in their core business. I certainly certainly know what Activision or Blizzard or, you know, Bungie or whomever is making and what their core business is. Uh, I'm like very familiar with it. So one of the, the primary thing I would say for all business development roles is having the, like, kind of uh, like the old school idea of a Rolodex of people that you know mm-hmm. that you can link up that makes sense and you have those relationships with people. Um, where it changes like where it varies depending on what company it is and what you're doing is some companies business development is heavily a like deal making job,
3: mm-hmm. uh,
1: which means you're working with whomever that mm-hmm. doesn't really matter to, to set deals. So that could be publishing deals. Uh, so you could be out, like let's just use fictional developer, uh, sorry, publisher, a mm-hmm. publisher, a electronic arts, Activision, take two, doesn't matter. Uh, they might, they will have some business development people and those business development people will be looking for games to sign and publish under their label. So mm-hmm. right? it's not owned IP. It's something outside. Uh, and once they find it, then they're doing some, they're working with the lawyers and they're doing contract negotiation. They're, they're negotiating the business terms um and the the lawyers traditionally are writing up the contracts to reflect that stuff and it's a back and forth process and it can be simple or complicated you know it can be a big money or small money none of those things really matter Mm -hmm. it's just the negotiation part um so i think that's like there's kind of that's one segment of it and of course none of this stuff is mutually exclusive right you can you can handle all this stuff but uh the other thing is really like relationship management so, in, in again, to use my current case, like, you know, I do a lot of relationship management. I work with the publishers and developers and help make them aware of stuff we're doing internally uh, and, you know, want to uh, help them succeed, basically, right? It's obviously beneficial for everybody. So, so yeah, there's a, couple, there's a couple of variations in that, but...
2: So let me ask you this then. I'm assuming because you're in this role where you're doing relationship management, there are times where you're on the receiving end of a request. And then there's times where you're the person making the request, I guess. How do you kind of handle that line as far as like when people are coming to you and like, hey, this is the first time I'm meeting you, but I want you to do me a favor, right? Like obviously, I'm assuming that's very off putting. You know, is there a successful way to kind of, I guess, introduce or like request that two companies or two entities kind of form a relationship?
1: Well, I think
2: that, you
1: know, if it's like, let's make up somebody, let's call this guy, Steve. Let's okay. say Steve lives in his basement. Not Steve Nash. That's a different Steve.
2: Dude, Steve uh, sucks, by the way. I hate <laughs> Steve.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> Steve's got his own like basement company. If the okay. like, random person X is coming to you and there's no like context or anything, that's going to be a harder sell. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just, just meaning like, like I, I any individual person has a limited amount of time. Mm-hmm. You have to like choose where you're spending. I always call them coins, but mm-hmm. like, like choose where you're spending your your coins, your time, and um, I think the easiest way for it to happen is it's not necessarily frustrating. I mean, I like I as a person, I don't I don't like to leave people kind of in the lurch, right? Like I don't I don't like leaving people out there and not answering them. But mm-hmm. there are times when I have to do it because I just it can't be a priority for me, and you know I have to focus on the. Main priorities and focus on my time and like have a life, et cetera, et cetera Like all these mm-hmm. things. Um, so I think that usually, if someone's coming to me, uh, if they're from you know a reputable establishment, whatever that is, <laughs> uh, that's that's usually helpful, right? Like if if I don't know what this would be, I'm trying to think of something outside of just a game developer. Sure. Like, let's say like a, you know a game engine, or someone came to me and wanted to talk, or something like that, mm-hmm. or like a prominent maybe. Indie developer, or you know something I know, or or I've seen mm-hmm. even smaller ones. Like I'll probably at least look at it. It just it's just a matter of you know there's there's some other external factors going on, gotcha. uh, which are like how busy things are at the time. Hashtag GDC. Yeah. <laughs> During that time, <laughs> as you guys well know, yeah, I, I don't have a lot of time, but uh, but other times you know it's it's a little more flexible.
2: And so GDC obviously is probably the cesspool of where that type of behavior <laughs> is happening the most. You know what I mean? Well, I guess, are there any like maybe one or two tips that you would have that will say this can help you successfully navigate the biz dev waters in a GEC? You know? Yeah. There's a couple things I'll say that I've learned over time. Okay. Number one
1: is, um, manage your schedule.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like don't overload yourself with stuff because you're only going to suffer. Mm. And this just sounds really basic and really <laughs> dumb. But I'm telling you right now, time and time again I see this, like I mean, like one of my first years at GDC, not as a developer in Bizdev, mm. I didn't even schedule lunch. I didn't mm-hmm. eat for ten hours. And like oh. and then eventually and then I flew a red eye to PAX, like in PAX East, like on like a Thursday during GDC. It wasn't a good scene. Okay, good. So I'm <laughs> like stepping back, stepping back and like managing that is is a huge piece. If you're trying to like link with people, uh, I personally don't like parties. Mm-hmm. The mixers are a little better cause they're quieter and you can actually talk to people, mm-hmm. uh, but the parties, like maybe I'm an old man now. I don't know. It's just, it's just not that exciting. Like, like, you know, Hey internet don't, you know, you can invite me to your parties, but like the end of the day, like it I may or may not come. I probably show up for thirty minutes and strategically talk to three people and get the f out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mixes I my go to, yeah. and maybe maybe bars. But you know, it's it's like a GDC. Like the W bar is packed. Yeah. Uh, you guys know this. Yep. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> I just heard it with your voice. What I didn't know is that these parties are recruiting events. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't, what? I just go to these parties for the food and free booze. And the, the HR people would just come at me, like trying to recruit me. I was like, what are you doing? Oh, it's a recruitment event. Oh, okay. And I just hang by the food the whole time. So I'm not really there to conversate, which is perfect.
2: You have to um, the end of this beer. Yeah. to Convince me. Why I should stay for more beer.
0: Yeah. It's like, well, what actually, kind of why it sliders have
2: sliders
1: to you have? Or not for the other
2: event
0: yeah so i, I get you man. i mean when you go through those things you can't really talk talk the music's too loud everyone's like trying to get jobs or trying to make connections or forcing connections and it's a weird type of vibe but if you're there just for the food and booze it's it's a party man <laughs> I,
1: think, I honestly think the uh the bars are a little better because they're more fruit flowing yeah, sure yeah, yeah. and the other thing like another thing this is definitely a problem that i have um I'm not really drinking right now, which is great, and I didn't really drink during GDC. Um, but even if I don't drink, I tend to lose my voice in mm. those places because it's just so much talking and it's so loud. I also I'm relatively like introverted, meaning I need to be home to like get energy. I do a yeah. lot of walking with headphones on. Yeah, uh, I get real tired at the end of the day. Like I'm like by the time we get to dinner. I mean, this, there were two dinners last week where I was with friends and I almost fell asleep. Mm. And I'm like, man. These guys are gonna think I'm tired of them. I'm not. I just I need a minute. <laughs> um, but I think the bar scene—it's <laughs> just a weird thing uh, to just like thinking about. Like, but I think the bar scene is a better a better place to go, mm-hmm. by and large, or the mixers mm-hmm. because you can start talking to people, and people are there to talk. The there are recruiting events, uh, like like Brandon said, right? Like like Epic has one every year. Uh, I mean, there's, there's just so many,
0: there's a lot, yeah.
1: Riot, right. Usually it has one, but like, you know, that's probably not the best place to, for BP. <laughs> that's why I think you need to go to those other, those other locations.
0: Yeah. yeah. Totally makes sense.
1: Yeah
2: so brandon let me just ask you a quick question did you happen to plan which parties you went to by the course in your meal like all right so these guys are gonna (laughs) have a dessert i'm gonna go here for entree
0: (laughs) you go for the biggest companies because obviously they have the best food
2: (laughs) so who had the best catering brandon at this year
0: amazon was pretty good man okay Right, I was disappointed. I, I didn't. They didn't have any food. Right, that, you got to step your game up. It was guys. just booze. and then promises of great jobs. Sure, all right. <laughs> <laughs> we have an awesome buffet at our place. It's like, well, you don't have it here, right? right. <laughs> you don't got anything here.
1: Yeah, that's. <laughs> listen, I've been to Riot. Yeah, their buffet.
3: Yeah,
1: it's Brother. great. But I, but I feel I. And you're spot on. I would have been, I would have said the same thing. Well, that shit isn't here. So I don't know who you're trying to impress by telling me that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I got a yeah, really cool turbo. car, but right here is a Prius. <laughs> in a Prius. That's awesome, but I have a 911 Turbo at home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No good. <laughs> but
2: yeah, I mean, it's, let uh, yeah, I'm let's sure finding this Prius, though, and it'll give you an idea <laughs> yeah. of the
0: 911.
3: It <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: doesn't yeah. work like that. <laughs> no. <Exactly>. no
0: <laughs> oh, man, that's a good one. But yeah, I imagine it must be hell for for biz dev guys like you at those things because it is a limited amount of time. It's like three days,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and it gets filled up pretty quickly. Just if you have any time to meet old friends, you know you don't want to just be there on business the whole time.
1: You, I, I think another like just a success like life success tip that I that's taken me time to get to. Like some mm-hmm. people get here really early. It took me longer. Um, and i talked about schedule before, like right? managing your schedule, but honestly, it, like that doesn't just apply to GDC mm-hmm. that applies to every week, mm-hmm. right? That applies to, uh, how you run your life mm-hmm. and just overall. And I, and when I think about, um, you know, my, my weeks, right. So, you know, I split my time between, uh, the office in of Mountain View and the office of San Francisco, uh, okay. and Fridays, I, uh, like I have no meeting Fridays. Like I, like if people try to schedule meetings with me on Friday, I'm like, unless there are very, very few exceptions to this, but it's basically sacred. It's like, no, we can do it on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, but Friday's off because I need a day to do work. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying everyone has to have no meeting Fridays. That's not necessarily the answer, but you need to figure out what that is for you. This is a general practice because we all have stuff to get done. And if you don't manage your own schedule, you're going to be more successful by limiting things and being more focused than by being too broad and doing too much. Mm. And I think that applies to all this stuff, right?
2: It does. I should change the title of this episode to, from being like success in biz dev to just success.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we should just call it life.
0: Life.
2: Life. life. <laughs>
0: Life without games. There we go. <laughs> I don't
1: know. That's not a life I want. To do.
0: I <laughs> so let me ask you this, right? Uh, so I always see the future of game development being taken over by companies outside of game development. <laughs> so like, what's what's happening right now? There's like this emerging market with Google, Facebook, Silicon Valley companies kind of putting their, you know coin in or putting their own uh, spin on trying to make the, the the game business a little bit more sustainable. Mm. So we talk about tr- AAA guys know, reaching a boiling point of making the best graphics, You know, putting a lot more money in, making the team bigger. But on the side here, the mobile market is blowing up. We got the VR market blowing up. We got Google coming in with their daydream and their Google Play stuff. A lot more options. Like, how do you see all this coming together? Like, do you see kind of like everyone converging at some point? Because there are a lot of different directions where we can go from just analyzing everything right now.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I've got an answer and I'm excited about this answer. I'm flying to Boston in the morning, right? So I just turned around and I unplugged my, uh, my, my switch (laughs) <laughs> because i was like oh, i gotta get this thing ready yeah yeah. You, you know how like dumb shit like you look around your room and you see something
2: you're like oh, i need to do that real quick yeah it's all good <laughs> it just <laughs> sounds like you were like in the bathroom with the door <laughs>
1: yeah
2: yeah
1: out. you don't know anything else about me <laughs> in the bathroom that's usually where i get most of my work done <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no one can bother you when you're in there yeah that's true uh, so so uh I, so here's like, I think this is a super interesting question and, you know, I spend a lot of time looking at it and I spend a lot of time talking about it and coming to the, um, you know, into the mobile game business and spending time here and having my own preconceived notions about what mobile games are, seeing what mobile games are in general. Right. And, you know, knowing where I come from in the console PC world and what I, what I love and what I grew up on. Right. I mean, I started, playing games at atari 2600 i mean i was a little kid oh man yeah but it's been a long time and you know through nintendo through genesis through just all the way up right to the current console generation um and one thing that is happening is that all of the markets all three of the markets console pc and mobile are growing mobile is growing faster but that's obvious like yeah It's like, of course, it's growing faster, right? There's a zero cost to entry for people. So people will download games. And then also, as you expand throughout the world, it's easier to access that, right? To have a console is more difficult because you have to buy a console. You have to have a television. You have to have a place to have all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's prohibitively expensive. Mobile phones are also expensive. So it's not to say they're not. But there is a way to get cheaper mobile phones and then you can get games on them. Now, the, the second piece is about the games themselves. So there's a fundamental difference in the, the standard games that are on the mobile platform versus the games that are on consoles and PCs overall, right? We're not talking about every or individual games here, just in general. And I, I kind of define this, and I, there was an internal conversation about this once, um, but I define these two groups as time passers and time spenders and time passers are the people that play mobile games. And what I mean by that, it's not, it's there's no like negative connotation to either one of these comments. It's just someone who's a time passer is on their phone playing a game to pass time. Mm-hmm. They're doing it because they're in line, they're in a bathroom, they're tra- they're traveling, right? They're on a train, whatever it is, wherever they might be, and they may play it for an hour. That's possible, right? They may do that, but they don't necessarily sit down with the intent to do that. I can't say that everyone doesn't sit down with the intent to do that, but generally if you're sitting down, you want a relatively fast experience. You want to play three minutes of Clash Royale. Or you want to play you know, Candy Crush or Need for Speed or whatever it is, right? You just want to get in there for a few minutes and play a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the game is not
3: like,
1: not like and it's not like very taxing on you, right? You know, it doesn't require huge amounts of, skill investment or things like that. Um, I'm, not, I'm not saying there's no skill. I'm just saying that right? it doesn't involve the same. Yeah. Yeah. Now the person who's playing on their television or their PC, they're choosing to spend time. Like their, their thought is like, if I sit down, I'm, I'm playing dark souls, prepare to die on PC, like not right this minute, but cause that would be really hard. Uh, but you know, <laughs> like, during this time of my life, I've gone back and started of playing this game and when I turn my PC on to play that, like i I know, I don't know how long I'm going to play, but in my mind, I'm like, I probably have a goal, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to beat Smoke and Ornstein, right? I'm going to go beat this boss. I'm going to go do this thing. I'm going to play for an hour, two hours, whatever it is, or I'm going to stop at this time. Uh, and that's a very different experience. And the experience that I expect out of that is extremely different from the experience I would expect out of the same amount of time or, uh, or just the game type on a mobile device mm. in general right So I think I, 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 when I don't see the worlds converging in the way that like all games become one type of thing because I just think there's two I mean, there's probably there's multiple subclasses of this right because we look at dota or League, which are free to play games, uh, but they monetize very well and but they're completely skill-based games right They're very complicated very in-depth, skill-based games. Uh, but I think that that there, there's going to be a group and continue to be a group of people that want that kind of experience, whether it's the eSports PvP game like Dota League, Counter-Strike, StarCraft, whatever it might be. Uh, there's going to be the people that want the... Dark Souls isn't necessarily single player, but, you know, that like the story driven or the intense, like really hardcore kind of game that requires a lot of patience and skill and learning. Uh, there's going to be people that want to play the last of us or, you know, uncharted and some story driven thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, I am a huge fan of it. Uh, that's a whole other podcast. We could do. Um, but like, uh, like all that stuff. Right. And then there's, there's just everything in between overwatch, you know, uh, team fortress, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I can go on. Yeah there's a lot of different like segments within that time spenders category time passers uh there are still segments there because i think there are more core games which are like the the clash rails and, mm-hmm. like and then there, there are more casual games which are like the candy crush and again it's not to say that one can't cross over to the other or that that a core you know console pc gamer never plays mobile games None of, like none of those things they're not mutually exclusive things it's just what the person's choosing to do with their time and how they're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. It's the choice they're making. So I think long term, uh, we're gonna have two we're gonna have two relatively distinct, at least for now, right? At least mm-hmm. in the foreseeable future, two distinct categories of gamers. Okay. That's that's my that's my feeling. Now I don't now, I don't know how that combines in the uh, on the platform level. That I'm not sure of. Um, yeah.
2: I was just going to ask you if you had to place a bet on this one idea of consoles being around or not, I guess, where would you put your money? Do you think consoles are going to survive or do you think consoles are going to die out?
1: I think it's less about the consoles and more about the games. Ooh, okay. I, I, think, I think the games survive. I don't know about the consoles. Like I'm not yeah. sure. Right? I think it's a, it is a good question. Um, but the games, the games will survive because yeah. there's a clear, as I said, like all these markets are growing. Right. Mm. And they're not growing. Like I said, there's a huge delta between how fast. It's like a six times delta between how fast mobiles growing over a console PC. But it's still important to know that they're all growing, which means the overall pie is getting bigger, which also means that the, the console PC market, more people are spending money on $60 games. Mm. And people are willing to do it. So, yeah, I, I think it's about the game. I, I don't know the games themselves. I don't know how that, like if that model changes ever, it may, mm-hmm. know, who knows. Um, but right now I see it staying pretty steady. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, my, my thing is like, you know, obviously <clears throat> we grew up on consoles, right? So the mobile is, is really new to us, especially to me. I feel so dumb <laughs> when I go on a train and I see these, kids playing games on their phone i've never even heard of like i feel really old uh just seeing these kids play these games on their mobile uh phones and uh just not having any idea or never heard of it i'm not as versatile as i thought but i'm in the industry i'm constantly studying techniques to get better i'm constantly checking my uh you know my blogs to, to keep up to date to what Games are hot. Obviously, I know the Clash of Clans. I know the Candy Crush, the very popular ones. But there's a lot of littler ones that I have no, I I don't keep up with. So I myself, I feel like I'm already going in a direction. And like you said, like there's going to be two paths, two two different types of gamers. I already see that divide of of what kind of developer I'm going to be for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. (laughs) I'm just laughing cuz uh, I I'm sure Larry did you hear did you hear him struggling when he's like, he's like I feel dumb like he was was like, oh,
2: having cool. the realization yeah.
1: <laughs> and I don't know if anyone I don't think anyone else gets to watch you guys but I get to see the expression this time. <laughs> like,
2: yeah we stopped, we stopped doing the live streaming we just record now yeah. we should I bring back. Know,
1: I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that and I and I don't, there's here's let me, let me try to think of it a different way Good. or I try to like, like put it in different perspective. So the, the mobile game world, it's a super low barrier to entry, right? Like it takes, all you have to have is a phone yeah, and then you can play. So you're going to see a lot of people playing that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, there's, there's also, uh, because there's a low barrier to entry, I mean, it's it's hyper competitive to to be successful, of course. But, um, but honestly, like, it, I don't think you're you're not out of touch and you're not out of the the loop at all. The, as as we like, you said, like, if you think back, right, let's think back to like 2000, right, right when the let's see the PS2 launched, I think in 2000, it might have been 2001, but I think it's 2000. Uh, if we think, would we think back to that time, or or maybe even let's go the generation before, let's go PlayStation and like you know, Nintendo sixty four. Man, you were nerdy. <laughs> you were playing that stuff. <laughs> like it was a small, like relatively right, okay. small group of people. Yeah. Like, maybe, you weren't like it wasn't like looked upon as like a a positive thing. Yeah.
2: That was that was gamer, like yeah said it like that. Video um, gamer. Air quotes and shit.
1: Air quotes, yeah, I know. I mean like I worked at Electronics Boutique back then.
2: Yeah.
1: I used to like prank call an EBS that I could see from electronics boutique because we had three stores in the same mall. Not good business, by the way. Uh <laughs> and uh I would just ask them if they had game box for X Cube all the time. Like in a really like <laughs> and they'd be like, We don't have it. <laughs> oh, uh, not
3: Sorry.
1: really yeah. yes. But but you know, like I, that market's grown. And you know, yeah, I think like little kids can play mobile games because they there's no cost Mm -hmm. now. I mean, there may be a cost to advance or there may be, you know, there may be, I don't want to say hidden costs. That's not the right word, but, um, there may be like other like costs that you can get involved in, but just the initial cost is not there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's really kind of no risk. I would say for parents, you know, like no risk entertainment. um, but I, I, but as people get older and they want experiences, I mean, it's not, it's not a comparable experience. I don't think to, to say like, again, like it's, and it's not a knock on mobile games. I don't mean it that way. They're just, they're just designed for different audiences. Mm-hmm. go back to Larry's, I'm going to say favorite game. I'm just, you know, I don't know if this is true. Uh, and the last of us or a game that he likes, right? Yeah, like there's nothing on mobile that's anywhere near that. And, and I, you know, I, I pointed out, um, again, to some, some people internally and I, I think when I was doing the time spender, time passer kind of definitions, I was like, look, I'm like, when I get involved in, you know, Red Dead Redemption or something like that, you know, I'm like that that game they made me cry. I'm like, that was yeah. an insane intense game. And then I I linked out to the Ashtar Command Dead Man's Gun song. I'm like, this is a song written for this game. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, this is a beautiful song. Mm-hmm. You know, and like it it's filled with emotion. I'm like, and that's that's a very different experience. So I, th- I think in the way like we look at, you know, entertainment in general, there's just different kinds of entertainment for different things. And, the, you know, maybe uh, YouTube has really good stuff, so I, I can't like I can't use YouTube as an example. I don't know what the, the example of like mobile is um, in the, like, the visual entertainment world. But there, there, you know, if we just take movies and we say there's some really thought provoking, interesting things, and there's some trash. <laughs> like,
3: yeah, yeah.
1: Got the whole run the gam, uh, gamut, right?
0: Yeah. It's, well, this kind of ties back to what I was asking before, like the converging okay. market question. <laughs> and you were mentioning about the switch earlier. Do you ever kind of see, you know, these phones are getting more powerful. Yeah. Uh, it is weird to have like a long form type of uh, game on a mobile because people aren't playing mobile games for that reason. But do you see we get to that certain point where someone is making the last of us on the phone, it can handle it. It looks great. It won't kill your batteries. I mean, the switch to me is kind of that, that testing ground of doing that. But do you see that in the long run being a thing where these triple A guys are starting like, Hey, let's just make this game on the phone. let's get these guys, it's a huge market, low low bar of entry, no middlemen. Well, I mean, if you count iOS and Android (laughs) as middlemen, but not really, right? But like, I want to bring this experience to the phone. Do you see an audience there? Do you see that being a possible market, especially with Switch out now? All these adults carrying this huge iPad (laughs) full of AAA games?
1: <laughs> I, I the first thing by the way is just that uh, as you say this I, all I can think is a merman that merman <laughs> I thought of from land there, and it wasn't just me. Uh so merman Dad. So uh I uh, you know I have actually um uh, I don't know Brandon I, I don't know if you remember I used to write a, like a column called Gamer Gossip a long time ago and I, I don't know if you are ever on that or not. But I started writing it like 11 years ago. Oh, wow. I'm going to
0: say up. yes. <laughs> I don't remember.
1: I, I just, oh, I'm still going to say
0: like, yes. Like, he, he's
1: checking his email right now and he says like, it's like 60 unread emails or like 200 unread emails. He's like, yeah, no, I totally read that shit.
0: Dude, email is dead to me, man. The same way LinkedIn is dead. If I don't see it, <laughs> my, I, well, I tried purging the other day. Sorry to go off tangent. I'll, I'll end it real quick. Like I had like a thousand emails that I had to delete because it was really bothering me. Mm-hmm. But then two days later, it, it went back up to a thousand. I just forget it. This is my life. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to delete emails anymore. It's not like so
1: out of all the my, problems you can have in the world. That's not that bad. Man, yeah. is right. it's like a thousand emails I haven't read. <laughs> Bullshit.
0: <laughs> that's my life now, yeah that's what I'm complaining nowadays It's
1: yeah. <laughs> not the worst thing in the world, but I get it. I get it i i, I lose my mind if I have a bunch of I'm living, just like it bothers me. And yeah. I'm like I should answer these people. In like fact what I said earlier, I'm like, oh God, someone emailed me I, was like, I have to answer them then, like i like two months later, I look at the email I'm like, ah, it's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I garbage not I did answer that um. So so uh, so let's jump to so uh, the I I put it up on Medium now I started doing it I just started I just have one up there and and I I haven't been writing like I used to because it's time consuming and we talked about time Um, it'll it'll change I'm getting back into it Uh, but one of the I I wrote about the switch a little while ago and it pertains to exactly what you're saying and the the thought on the switch that I have is the the mobile market doesn't have premium like people don't go there for premium games. Yeah, right? it, There's conditioning that's happened now where initially there were premium games, but at this point people are like, like, ain't, I ain't buying games on mobile. Like why would I do that? In fact, I was walking with a, a good friend of mine in Seattle. This
2: was uh two years ago. Dude, you have friends, man. Wow. <laughs> like, we are doing well as games. Oh just kidding. <laughs> we're moving on. Uh, up. You know how, just game. cause I have a
1: friend doesn't mean I didn't get mocked about it. <laughs> I'm just—it's one guy, all right? <laughs>
2: he
1: might or might not be imaginary. It's
2: just, no, dude, I was just blaming it on the pink jacket. I figured. <laughs> a, a I, I,
1: I gotta—you know what? I should, can we? Can, what a, here's the deal. While I'm telling the story, someone look up Quarter Snacks, Coach's Jacket. Okay. will see the exact jacket that I have. Okay, I'll do it. Mm. So anyway, so we were walking down the street, and you know, he was asking me. And this, again, it's like two years ago. He's asking me, like, "Oh, what games?" Should I be playing on mobile? And like I'm the mobile guru because I'd worked on mobile for like a month. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, oh man! I'm like, well, you should have you played Monument Valley? He's like, no. I'm mm. Like I oh, know I played that. I'm like, Good and uh, did you just look at the jacket. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Dude, it's, it's, That's a strong jacket, man. It takes.
1: Listen, it takes all to fucking. Thing,
0: but it, I I don't care. So you're looking for fights, huh? Uh, <laughs> well, there's only two types that you would encounter: people who would leave you the fuck alone, or who people who are like hunting for you. <laughs> so you're really taking a chance out there. You're awesome, man. You're awesome. Yeah, it's really cool.
1: You just gotta, you just gotta own it. Sometimes, I, you know what? I have the matching. There's like shoes that go with it. inside.
0: coming back from a gym.
1: Why are you wearing that? <laughs> it's kind of, like it's kind of got like the quarter snacks on the back. Kind of looks like a gym logo a little oh bit. Yeah,
2: yeah, it, yeah, does, it does. It does. Right, right yeah. like that varsity lettering
1: varsity totally totally yeah, yeah totally, okay uh, all right all right hold on we're getting way off track here but <laughs> <laughs> anyway we're walking along he's like you know what games i'm like you oh, played monument valley he's like yeah i played monument valley i'm like oh, you played leo's fortune and he's like uh he's like no he's like i haven't played it so he picks up his he picks up his phone he opens his phone and I, I don't remember leo's fortune was like 4.99 or 5.99 he's like 5.99 and i'm like fuck you, like, $60 games. I'm like, you can't afford to spend $4.99 on a game, which is like less than the cost of a beer. Yeah. I'm like, you're part of the problem. I'm yeah. like, you've got to understand that like you're, you're creating this, this problem on the mobile market. So to go back to switch Switch is like addressing this, mm-hmm. Switch has created something that, that is for time spenders. Like, going back to this idea, I'm just going to keep fucking nailing this until it starts spreading out throughout the ether and people start repeating it. And then, you know, when I'm on like deathbed, I'm like, oh, that was mine. That <laughs>
0: I coined it. But-,
1: <laughs> and, and, but someone else will take credit for it.
0: Uh, yeah. But anyway, it you guys. <laughs> We're going to dub over your voice and say we came up with it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you heard it first on Game Dev. <laughs> that,
0: would, that, would
1: that would be amazing. I, I, I don't even know. I wouldn't even be mad.
0: <laughs> no i like it that's a that's a good term
1: but like uh you know they they're taking these these people that want to play that way they want to play those longer form games they're happy to spend money on it and they're like hey you can play this game wherever you want mm. you want to play it in a in a bathroom because honestly anyone's got a phone they're playing games in the bathroom that's just mm. moment of truth here mm. uh, but you can play the switch there right? you can play it on a plane but then you can plug it into your tv and you can play that shit on your big tv it's it hits everything you want to hit, right? You can use a regular controller or you can use a little uh whatever those sticks or joy cons. yeah, joy cons. I guess that's yeah it's pretty standard, but like uh, um I think so to jump back to your question about mobile, right, and like to go from the switch to mobile, I think that the pre- big problem that mobile has, again, for the the Dark Souls, for the last of Us, for these types of games, the current way those games control and play. You can't do that on a phone. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way to emulate it. It doesn't feel good. Uh, you know, there's a uh, someone once said to me, and I, I think they're right. We were talking about esports, and um, you know, the thing that makes like Dota or League or Counter Strike or Overwatch, you know, so prolific in the esports world and so uh, interesting to watch is that they're so difficult. Mm-hmm. And like I I, I use I, I play a lot of dota so I'm just gonna use the MOBA first for example, but it could apply to any one of these. Um you know, those games, like I actually use those as like an analog to basketball
3: mm-hmm.
1: specifically, because it's a five V five game. Everyone has a position, like a role on the yeah. team. And you need to do you need to be good at that role, right? Yeah. And when I when I watch like I fail like i'm like it's because everyone wants to be steph curry and it's like, you are not all steph curry i'm like yeah. you, someone needs to be draymond green right someone's got to be draymond someone's got to get in there with the bows and do some flexing afterwards yeah.
2: <laughs> right. uh,
1: but we you know whatever that is like you got to have those roles and and uh i got a little off track here i wanted to go back to something i apologize
2: you're saying uh moba five on five you're saying the reason why it's so captivating is the difficulty and people need to respect the role
1: Yeah. You have, you have a, like a skill level, like a, like a, you know, gradient of like a one to 10
3: Mm
1: -hmm. controls is what I was talking about before uh, on a mouse and keyboard. It's so precise. Right. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, there's a glorious PC master race that's been (laughs) mocked and lauded and, and loved like on and off by different people. Uh, But yeah, you know, I had, I was having a conversation with a a lawyer at take two a long time ago, sitting next to me and he's like, no, I think consoles better. I'm like, I like, you're right. I'm like I'm not saying that I'm not saying that console is not good or it's not fun, but let's just have a moment here. When was the last time you overshot something on your desktop? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, mm. <laughs> he's like, never. I'm like, yeah, because you don't, because it's precise.
3: Yeah,
1: you have that like you have this one to ten level, the skill level. Like if you are a, and I think this is a completely is a complete analogy to basketball, right? If you you are a eight or an eight point six, right? You are going to get destroyed by a nine, mm-hmm. right? and if you are a nine two playing a nine four or nine five, you're going to get destroyed by that person.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It allows for so such a fine skill difference. And mm-hmm. I think the um, and again, I was, this was a conversation I was having with someone else some a little while ago who um, used to be a professional gamer. Uh, mobile right now, like it's it, it doesn't quite have that same the same input. And I don't think console really does either, to be honest, but mm-hmm. like, that, that world almost, almost exclusively into some piece. that's not, that's not saying that there can't be spectator things or things that people are interested in watching on mobile or other places. Like I, I, I don't need to say that, uh, but I like the you know, intense skill is really honed in on one world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, what was the original question? Oh, <laughs> I, think like, here.
0: I think you got it. Like, uh, <laughs> Oh, the switch. Yeah, the switch being like kind of like the, the bridge to, the, to converge the market. Yeah, the hybrid. Yeah, I
1: think it does. And, and and like, it's controls. It gives you that, like, and I, that's how I got off on this because I was thinking about the controller and like either to buy the pro controller or to use that little weird fucking gimme jam controller
2: that they give you. To... <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, Dog face.
1: Yeah. yeah. Or, or you know, or just to use them on the regular Joy Cons on the side. Um, and it, it's, it's almost bizarre to me to think about because they've, to me, and they only have one game that, that I've played, that I, which is Zelda, right, that I think is, like, pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm like, how is this different than the, like, PSP? I'm like, how is this different than multiple mm-hmm. handheld consoles like or handheld uh, devices that they've had for a long time? Yeah. It feels different. It feels new. It feels fresh. It, like, the ability to put it up on the screen, it's not the first... Handheld that you could put on screen, I don't
2: think. No, uh, so, well, uh, think for gameplay, right?
1: Yeah, there was that GameCube attachment that you could plug in, and then you could play GameCube uh, yeah. DS games on the on the uh, or Game Boy Advance games, maybe. Mm-hmm. But you know, like they've experimented all, experimented with all this stuff before, but it just feels kind of fresh and new, and it feels like they're addressing a market that's pretty much ignored in the in the handheld world, mobile okay. world.
2: I'll say this. I'm happy that what is considered a big console is finally hybrid between handheld and console, so to speak. I'm sad that it's Nintendo doing it first because it's going to kind of cannibalize their handheld market a lot. And I don't think Nintendo is pushing what I would consider the limits far enough with this idea. But I'm happy that somebody is putting... Billions of dollars, and well, I shouldn't say billions, but like say low two billion, three billion dollars into an idea like this. When you consider development, manufacturing, marketing, and all that added up together, um, Larry's got a direct line into Miyamoto. So, you- <laughs> <laughs> Miyamoto son, hey, this is what I think you should do. <laughs> no, uh, I I'm happy that it's happening because, like, I I, I might have said this a couple times on this podcast. That's one of my biggest dream come trues Was like. As a kid in high school or whatever, I was like, I want my PS2 game on the TV. But then when I go to school, I want to play the same game, yeah. and I didn't want to sacrifice fidelity and quality. Whereas when you say like Game Boy Advance doing that or GameCube, yeah. I never considered those like top level yeah. graphical experiences. I'll just say experience great. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like I had fun playing Pokemon. Castlevania is where I made Exactly. Yeah, they made great stuff. But like, I really wanted like my at the time 720p or whatever, in my hands and on my screen. And so I just, I'm happy that we're at the point where we finally got it. But like, I'm a 32 year old male now, you know, I'm, I don't have it like I used to. So, anyway. You're getting
1: slow in your old
2: age. I, I just, I just don't have the, the life to be as excited about this idea anymore, you know, and that's, and I just feel kind of let down is what I'm trying to say. It was like eight years ago, I would have been all over this shit, but right now I'm just like, oh, dang, well, hey. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, like, you're also like, man, I got, I got bills,
2: yeah, yeah, I got,
1: like life responsibilities.
2: And you would think that a hybrid console like this is exactly what you need. It's like, hey, Larry, while you're going out to do all these other things that keep you away from home, here, take the handheld version and then go back home and then play it. And like, I see the logic in it, but ugh. I don't know. I don't even know where the hell I'm going with that. I'm just venting. You guys are here helping me vent the fact that I can't enjoy the games the way that I wanted to.
0: Oh, it's true. I, it is kind of like Nintendo's response to what's happening. Instead of, uh, I mean, the Switch is innovative, <laughs> respectfully, but it is an iPad with controllers on the side, right? It isn't like, it would have been awesome if they did this uh, instead of the Wii U, right? At that time, it would have been yeah. truly innovative. It was, a bit like, yeah, no one would have been able to think of this idea. But this is kind of expected. Like, we were hoping that Nintendo would do something like this. Mm-hmm. We want them to do something like this. It's in response of how the mobile market is blowing up. Uh, it's also in
1: response of Nintendo wanted to sell games. In yeah,
0: place. they, they want to stay as a business.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Shots fired.
1: Yeah. Well, it's it uh uh, I, I actually, because I, I kind of, I agree. I don't think it's that innovative, but I, I do think it is isn't innovative. But it is insofar as that you can play it in multiple places, right? It's, yeah. it's not like a crazy out there idea, like "Oh my god!" I who would? My mind is blown. Like you don't feel yeah. that <laughs> way. You're like, oh yeah, no, I kind of expect this from Nintendo. Yeah. I think that the like the positive. Uh, well, that's not necessarily negative, but I think a positive thing is that. And something I like about Nintendo, you know, I'm, I'm not like the, I'm not a Nintendo fanboy, uh, but I've, I've had, I have a Wii U. I don't think I've ever actually played the Wii U, which is, I mean, I played it before. I just don't think I've played mine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Pretty sure it's never been on. Uh, But I I appreciate the fact that they're willing to try things and fail and then to keep coming back. I mean, virtual boy, right? Like Mm -hmm. obviously the Wii U, what else do
2: they you know they, they GameCube. GameCube. GameCube, like GameCube, what, wasn't that bad, but yeah, it, it, was it, it, was it was a low point. I mean, but it, it, was a, it
1: was a lower point. I mean, they have yeah. they have these highs and lows with their consoles, but they're always trying something. Yeah, and I feel like they're willing to take much bigger risks than you know. I think Microsoft and Nintendo have traditionally. I mean, sorry, Microsoft and Sony have traditionally been willing to take.
2: Yeah. So Except here's a qu- go ahead.
1: I was gonna say, except maybe with Sony VR. I'm looking over in my like side of my room, and I have a Rob. Oddly enough, a Nintendo Rob the robot, like the original. You know, <laughs> oh man, like, place anyway. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. And I didn't have yeah. uh, Gyromite. You had Gyromite. gyromite thank and, you. That's uh, what was the other one? Stack up or stack? Like I think it was Stack up. Yeah. Something like that. He played uh,
2: Gyromite with you. I remember that.
1: Yeah, it was the most worthless thing ever. It was, you could look at <laughs> for a minute, and you're like, "Why? Why do I have this?"
2: Yeah, that's been that's been Nintendo's mo for so long, right? The yeah. power glove, the power pad, it's like all that shit. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, all right, so dude, I've got a really important question for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, hold on. Before you do that, I'm okay, gonna say I want to tell the world that what Rob the Robot is really good for is he's an amazing headrest for, <laughs> for my PSVR. And in fact, I'm gonna walk you over there. I'm gonna remove the veil here of this white cat that you're staring at, and. I'm just gonna have you and you know, look at this quickly. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna show you me because that's It's all right. gonna be this guy. Hold on, hold on. Here we go.
2: So, what he means by the white cat, ladies and gentlemen, listening to the podcast. Oh yeah, wow, look oh, at that. Man. Yeah, that's Dude, that's, a, that. that's a, it, a like, perfect
1: it. fit. Sorry, trying to center this while I'm not. Pretty good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's dope.
1: That. Yeah. What? Is, what is the? I don't think you should tell him what the white cat is. I mean, she's like, <laughs> let him. get like a white rabbit. Like let no them one
2: speculate. <laughs>
1: Yeah, what the hell is he talking about? The white kid, <laughs> <It's>
2: his friend. <laughs> yeah. that's,
1: exactly. that's the image for this podcast.
2: Well, Drew, I, hey, you know what? I'll do that, and then people are gonna be like, "What the f?" They're not gonna get it until they, and then we'll know who really listens to the end of the podcast. Oh shit! Yeah.
1: That's right. Also, by the way, you know, you just said "what the f," and now I feel—is am I gonna get bleeped out? Follow-up?
2: No, 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 no. no. <laughs> one of us, one of us has to keep it clean. Yeah. (laughs) So here's a very important question for you. I've been waiting all episode to ask you this question. (laughs) If Brandon and I were to be quiet and give you an opportunity to talk directly to our audience, to promote or to advertise or to draw awareness to something that's very important to you, what would you use that time to talk about?
1: You know, uh, like there's, there's a lot of good things to talk about for sure. Um, And I don't, you know, I, If you guys are interested in in following me or knowing what I think on things, uh, I've got uh, this Medium blog. It's under – let me look, actually. It's OK Kitsune, K-I-T-S-U-N-E, which is Japanese for Fox. Um, And if you go to OK Kitsune, you can find my my stuff that I'm writing. So you can find that thing on the Switch that I mentioned. And I'm going to try to be a little more frequent about it, but you're welcome to, to check that out on Medium. Um, but honestly, you know, I kind of want to talk about something, uh, different because it's international women's day. And since yes. all the women that are supposed to be on this podcast, you know, <laughs> in the, in the protest, although I am wearing red, uh, and a pink jacket, um, uh, you know, I read, I read something today that I thought was really interesting and it's called, uh, uh affinity bias and affinity bias is that when you interview like when you interview people, not like this, like I'm talking about for jobs or something, mm-hmm. but it was just kind of interesting to me. You know, you tend to uh, relate better to people that had similar experiences to yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? And and if we look at like, you know, women not being as represented in games or not holding as many management positions or things like this, like systemic things, that mm-hmm. I think we can take a moment to step back and think about like our own affinity bias for things. Mm-hmm. And say like, you know what? How do we how do we make that better for people? One of the suggestions that was in this article, I think it was a Business Insider article, um, was uh, that we look at resumes—not we, but we should look at resumes with no name. Mm-hmm. You just look at the credentials of the person. You make the judgment off of that. And then become aware of your own things. Like, I mean, I spend a lot of time in my life skateboarding. or right? I do Muay Thai or whatever this is. I play a lot of video games. Mm-hmm. Someone walks in the room, two people walk in the room, and, you know, they have similar qualifications. And one like, person skates or, you know, plays video games or mm-hmm. does Muay Thai or, God forbid all three. You know, how does that? How does that affect me, right? Or maybe they're yeah. less qualified than other person, but I'm like, oh man, but I really like them because they know this, this, and this. They can talk about Dark Souls for hours. Yeah, uh, I, I think like finding ways for like all of us to think about that stuff is is important. Um, and I'll I'll leave one. I'll put one more thing in here, and then I'll I'll leave on this. Sure. Um, uh, you know, there was a Scientific American study that went on, I think, in 2014, where they were looking at diversity in teams, right? Like teams that were made up, made up of people with diverse backgrounds, and they found that those teams do better work, mm-hmm. right? I think that's something that we've got to consider. You know, there's the, the part of affinity uh, bias, and then there's the part of diversity in teams. Like getting a team together that's where everybody's the same doesn't really help. Like it's actually not that helpful are you going to not I mean, that's not I and mean, it's not saying that every single person you shouldn't hire anyone like you like that's let's not be extreme but be conscious of it yeah. you know, it's important for us and i think it's important for our industry and you know, it's something that we can uh we can maybe lead in
2: Dude, drew you're you're quite in a you're quite an individual to use this time to actually talk about social awareness issues and industry issues. Most people are like, yeah, so you know, got this game coming out. So I just want to have
1: this game coming out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there we go, there
0: we go. Hard <laughs> for the course now. <laughs> it's called Affinity Bias.
1: <laughs> yeah, what Affinity Bias? It's really interesting. It's just a series of interviews. That
2: you have to do. Hello, <laughs> cool. guys. Uh, it's kind of cool i'm feeling all right my name is larry charles i'm saying good
0: night yes this is brandon Fan. thanks for joining us this week see you guys next week
1: thanks
2: guys if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to stay in touch or continue to follow our developments then you need to go to facebook.com forward slash game dev unchained and drop a like and stay in touch you can also get the direct feed for this podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash game dev unchained